Meet Some Horrible Bosses, Cats and Dogs, Living Together, and Terminator and Problem Child are back this week on 30 2010. Welcome, one and all, to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you back in time across three decades in a single week. What do we mean? Uh, we're going to be talking about the week of July 2nd to the 8th across three decades, 1991, 2001, and 2011. And one of these weeks will have the biggest movie of the year, if not the decade. <laughs> one of the biggest movies of the decade comes out this week. I'm very, very excited. Uh, hi, my name's Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and with my bitch slap rapid and my cocaine tongue, I get nothing done. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Sarah. I love a good Problem Child 2 reference, Diana. Okay, but uh, <laughs> 30, 20, 10, we're going to be celebrating all the cool movies. Television, oh boy, what a week for television. And by that I mean, I hope you enjoy the movie conversation. But <laughs> yeah. again, it's still weird that like, wow, never mind, we'll get to it. But also uh, video games, music, we're going to talk about all that that came out July 2nd to the 8th across three decades. So sit right back, get ready to time travel with us. Want to thank our patrons right off the bat at patreon.com slash laser time and executive producer Austin Cook, as well as the many, many other fine patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Five bucks will give you a bunch of extra stuff. Michael and Matt are on the show with me this week talking about shitting your pants, Bo Burnham, and more. And brief Fast Nine uh, coverage. How about that? Yeah. Uh, and anyway, getting right into it, we beginning as we always do in 1991, because oh man, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, July 2nd to the 8th, we have a little bit of news to bring you <laughs> into the world of 1991. And all of this is so very 1991. During the Use Your Illusion Tour, Axl Rose assaults a member of the audience uh, watching the show with the camera. After the attack, Rose angrily says, Thanks to this lame-ass security, I'm going home! I've seen this clip so many times, and he slams the microphone on the ground, and it makes such a loud, obnoxious sound. He looks like such a baby. And he storms yep. off the stage. Is this the thing that creates the riot? Um, I think there was some fighting. Yeah, there was some pretty good fighting. So it was a fan who was making like a bootleg, basically, video? Yeah, no, yeah he was filming it. I thought he was just taking a picture and he just couldn't he couldn't I, stop yelling about it. Axl Rose yeah. looks like such a huge diva. In this he's clip. such a big because he keeps like in the middle of the song. He's yelling like security. Get that guy. Security. Security. And oh then security God. doesn't do it. So he launches himself off the stage into the crowd to kick his ass. He looks ridiculous. It's and, so <laughs> dumb. That's so stupid too. like, uh, you know, I understand bands wanting to protect their creation, but I've never really understood being against bootlegs considering like that is something that your diehard fans love. And like it wouldn't I don't think anyone's seeking out a bootleg and then being like, great, now I don't have to buy tickets to a concert. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. those are the people who are looking for bootlegs of concerts are the same people who are going to all your concerts. Right. Like, and, and I don't really are get you it. struggling? You have two albums on the charts right now, Guns yeah. N' Roses, for fuck's sake. I, yeah. I just, just, just knowing Axl Rose, like I do, with hindsight, he pretty much would look for any excuse to leave and walk out of a show <laughs> and leave I mean, everybody there. I understand wanting to leave your job. <laughs> I understand wanting to quit I, or, or just leave for the day. I do it all the time. I can't handle this. I believe it. Uh, it's too early in the show for that. Can't do that. Uh, I didn't check this. Maybe if Diana can remember, who knows? President Bush names Clarence Thomas as Thurgood Marshall's replacement for the Supreme Court. Yeah, um, it, it's somewhere around here. I think I have, I'd have it like next week, whatever. I mean, we'll get 
I mean, there's there's a process and Marshall's replacements. Clarence Thomas. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you'll hear about him almost every week. We're going to hear about that for a while. Um, And uh, this I thought was funny and maybe indicative of a different time. But Tom Selleck sues the Globe for claiming he's gay. (laughs) It just seems what a dork. What what a perfect (laughs) word for it. What a dork. And then you jumped. I, I just I immediately thought of In and Out. We're like. Yes. Yeah. Do you really care? Do you really care? Like, uh, but I guess you know it's ninety one. He's uh, a yeah. he's a little on the conservative side. I'm guessing he does. When was now? When was In and Out? Ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, about yeah, that. We covered on the think, show. Man, I hope there's some like winking reference to this <laughs> in In and Out because what a turnaround. Yeah, I'd hit on you, but I don't want to get sued. All right, uh, but uh, it's the first time I saw him without a mustache. That was the weirdest part of Ooh, that. I movie. didn't like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, 1991 movies, uh, July 2nd to the 8th. Oh my God. I, this is the one I meant to get to because I haven't seen it forever. Um, Kim Creason, uh, Louis McKay, Teresa Taylor, and Richard Linklater. That's the big name. Slacker. Is this, has Linklater had a movie before this? This is his breakthrough movie. This is a thousand percent his breakthrough movie. And it's a big breakthrough movie for independent film. Mm -hmm. The idea that like, we've got this new generation of guys coming out of film school, mostly guys, but some ladies (laughs) coming out of film school who are doing things differently. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is like, it's, (laughs) I almost want to call it not a movie because it just feels like you're wandering around hanging out with people. And that's kind of the point. And that it is hyper local to Austin. And it's just these odd little vignettes of different people Mm -hmm. just sort of, Hanging out, having a conversation, ranting about something, and then the camera just sort of wanders over to somebody else. The next person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there isn't necessarily a plot. It's just sort of these these weird little snapshots of folks and the idea that, oh, people want to see that? Like, people want to see the, like, the hyper-realism of people just hanging out talking. I mean, well, we wouldn't have clerks without this. We wouldn't have a lot of- Kevin Smith is pretty upfront, like- I think I, there's one other movie, but he's like, Slackers let me believe I could do this. Just yeah, have a, a exactly. couple it people makes talking people realize, about stuff. like, yeah, you you can make a movie. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of movies that are just hangout movies that are boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's like how there's a thousand podcasts that are like, it's just me and my friends talking. It's like, <laughs> that's good, good for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, two things. First of all, is this like the first movie that we've seen in a long time do you, that you think people may see themselves on screen versus seeing some sort of like bombastic yeah. hero type. Like, yeah. And, oh, they, yeah. and that's like kind of, and then, and so does that make this like one of the first, maybe even mumble course? Would you classify Perhaps. it as yes. that? Perhaps. Like, yeah. It's, it's a hipster yeah, I would film. say that. It's a, it's a hipster film. So it always reminded yeah. me of like, these characters look like they're in high school, but then they're twenties and thirties. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to like, look back on the movies that we've talked about recently in 91. And like, yeah, most of them are like, not superhero movies, but like over the top, like the main characters are not real life people. Like you just, yeah. you're not going to see yourself if you're just like a, you know, middle of the road, like American person, you know, you're just not going to see yourself reflected on screen. Really? Yeah. Um, These people all look like people I went to college with. Right. That's yeah. That's or like saying. weird guy on the bus. Hey, remember that weird guy on the bus who was ranting about fluoride? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's got <laughs> like, friends. Yeah. For real, watch this movie. Uh, yeah, this the movie's super interesting. It's never became one of my favorites, but it, it's mm-hmm. it's. I, I'm trying to think of the other examples, but Boyhood is a good example of just this weird experiment you don't think would be interesting and hold itself for 
90 minutes and totally does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And this launches Richard Linkletter and we've mm -hmm. got, I mean, the before sunrise trilogy and school of rock and waking life and mm -hmm. boyhood and days and confused. I mean, yeah, it's like, Bernie. I would be very depressed. <laughs> Bert, we get talking about Bernie love, later. Yeah. I, I was Bernie. like, I would like, I, the world would be a sadder place without Richard Linkletter movies. So yay. yay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's and, cool. and, and, uh, now you can know whether or not there's a market to buy Madonna's pap smear. <laughs> oh, and at, it's like, that's the image from like, cause like, how do you sell this movie? It's the only image that's like on any posters is <laughs> this girl who's trying to sell people what she claims is Madonna's pap smear that her friend sent her from LA. When you say her pap smear or like her, her results or the actual. A little vial. I'm going to okay. throw up. It's got a slide in it. I'm going to yeah. throw okay. up. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Because this, this, the three movies we talk about in this segment are like the Neapolitan ice cream that yes. is my are all of my interests. Uh, <laughs> That's so true. Indie movies of this period. And then we have what I was the most excited, I would say, to go see. Uh, one year later, oh my God, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, Ivion Sean, uh, Lorraine Newman, Jack Warden, Amy Yazbeck, Michael Oliver, and John Ritter in Problem Child 2. This summer, Junior's working out the bugs. You disgusting kid! But something just came up. Little now. Ah! Ah! She is insane. She's a problem child. Fire laser cannon. And she's a problem child too. Hey, children. Problem <laughs> child too. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday at theaters everywhere. Oh, I love this movie. Watched it again. Laughed my ass off. Fast. Two of my favorite screenwriters, Scott Alexander, Larry Karaszewski, made Ed Wood. My name is Dolomite. The People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, mm -hmm. Their first movie is Problem Child. It's a big hit. Big hit. Like last year. And the studio is like, uh, we want to turn this around real fast before Michael Oliver grows out of his role as Junior. <laughs> Uh, so we wouldn't normally hire you, but uh, it will take longer to catch people up to speed on what this is. And they were like like pariahs for making a movie like Problem Child, a movie tons of people saw, but critics hated in studios like, at least we're not making Problem Child. Whereas, you know, yeah. of course, my audience loved it. Like I, I teased before, it's the first time I'd ever seen the VHS came out. And when the credits are rolling, Junior pops out and like, and be sure to go see Problem Child 2 out in theaters this summer. And like, whoa, that was fast. That was so, that was, there's not even a movie yet. And they made a trailer for it at the end of the VHS. And I believe Scott and Larry said like, well, we don't really want to do this and they need us to do this. We're going to make this movie gross as hell. So I didn't learn until this week they talked to Gilbert Godfrey, who by the way is, he's never better in a movie except for maybe Beverly Hills Cop. He is improving. It's wonderful. But Gilbert mm -hmm. Godfrey is a genius in these problem he's movies. talking to would beg to differ. But he's, dude, he is hamming it up. He's improving. He's riffing. It's really funny. And, uh, but the, he talked to them and apparently like, we made it as gross as hell. Went full John Waters. And <laughs> there is an R-rated cut of this nope. somewhere. And that this movie already has the F word in it. People drinking piss. Uh, oh my god! It's, it's <laughs> it is so gross, vile, off the wall, and also indicative of that wonderful period I talk about, where like four hours south of me was Florida's Hollywood, and this is shot there during that brief period, mm. in the Universal lot in Orlando for no reason. But uh, and Lorraine Newman's best role, by the way, she is so good in this. I can't recommend Problem Child two enough. 
It's fucking wonderful. <laughs> wow. Seriously, there I don't I can't think of any other like super gross out kid movies from this period or afterwards. It is so fucking out there. And you can watch it on Tubi for free. You get streams there, um, depending on what country you're in. But anyway, that's yeah. hardly the biggest sequel of the week, no, even though I looked I, uh, proportionally, I think it made about the same amount of money back as Terminator, because Problem Child 2 costs nothing. I, I was very curious to see who was going to be the counter-programming to Terminator 2 Judgment Day, because this the hype on this was overwhelming, and you'd mm. expect maybe maybe a romantic comedy is the, the counter-programming, and they're like, no, women are going to want to see this, too. We're mm-hmm. just... We just dump the cheapo problem child two out there. Yeah. They obviously have no faith in it to go up against Terminator two. Everything gets the fuck out of the way. Well, it's it's a hard R and I I, I just I have vivid memories of um I think I might I'd been taken to one rated R movie. I wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies. And I remember my dad came back and like, all right, we're gonna watch a rated R movie. I'm like, What? Why why? He's like, Cause Terminator two is out next week and you're going to go see that with me. And he pops on <laughs> Terminator one. Oh, we man. got to sit through the awkward love scene together. Because he liked term, it's like the only geek film my dad. I remember my dad really loving. But he, yeah, my first R-rated movie that he showed me personally to in order to see this That's movie. So fun. Yeah, yeah, it is because yeah. um, I love that. Oh, I don't even know where to start. Edward Furlong, Robert Patrick, Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No more to the box office this week. Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Ten years ago, a machine from the future was sent to kill Sarah Connor. It failed. I'll be back. But this time, there are two. One programmed to destroy, the other to protect. Hasta la vista, baby. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Rated R. Oh, so All right, excited. So I have to point out, they're not spoiling their movie. Yeah. yeah well. It is not clear that Arnold is a good guy. Yeah. Yes. That's true. Yeah. So, so I that somehow... moment when he's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, he's coming right at him. And he goes, get down. And then yes. starts shooting Robert Patrick. He's like, what? Oh, my God. So Sam said he had the same reaction. When he was a little kid, he was oh, like, he I can't remember feeling a reaction, like seeing that and realizing he's the good guy. Like, yes. Sam so has cool. vivid memories of like being a little kid and having his little baby mind blown by that scene, which wow. is so funny. I, I saw I somehow like I went in with full knowledge that that was happening. Maybe my dad mm. explained to it. But I, this is also the time like I feel like I watched weeks of behind the scenes interviews. Mm. And I'm not yeah. staying up late enough to watch nighttime talk shows. I, I I remember this movie took it took almost two years to make. This led me to believe for about twenty years that movies took two years to make instead of <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're Adam Sandler, three and a half weeks. But yeah. I I thought that from how much I endured the behind the scenes stuff from Terminator Two. Yeah. So I mean, it's just Cameron is going full hog on these effects, and we remember it as being this massive hallmark of digital effects. And the digital effects are mostly pretty good. Yeah. Still, they like so, some artists, they hold up all right. But really, this is so much more of a practical effect movie. Yeah. That, like, you forget about that. Like, the things that stick in your mind are, you know, the the, the T-1000, like, coming up out of the floor and he, like, morphs into his, and he's all no, liquid. Robert Patrick stuff. running. Like, that, yeah. that menacing run. He said he, uh, he tried to only breathe yeah. through his nose. And, uh, yeah, and apparently he got so good at it, he was like catching up with Edward Furlong when he's on his little pocket bike. Drive <laughs> faster, like, Eddie. Pat, Robert, just slow down, slow down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This was, I believe, five. Just, by the way, five combined minutes of CG 
That's how much is in Terminator what? 2. Yeah. I mean, like they're, I they're, mean, they're real sparse, but like they're memorable. Yeah, I think Diana, you were making this point. So, but like, there's so much fire and the driving and the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! The helicopter, I totally forgot about, and I was like, "How the fuck are they doing this?" That it explosion in Cyberdyne is like Christopher yeah. Nolan esque. It is massive. It is huge. I can't believe they got away with it in Fremont. Apparently, I, <laughs> I would have visited the building had I known. Fuck! I love this movie so much, y'all. Like, yeah. This. Oh. I, I, this is. I mean. This is the benchmark of this is how you do a sequel. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you've you all right, it's familiar in that the, the story is similar to the original one, mm-hmm. but it's also a continuation. You've upped the stakes, you've upped the spectacle. Yep. You've added a new yeah. villain. Um yeah. everything. I don't know how he argued yeah. the budget. But you've also he did. upped the villain. Like you can't just have yeah. another Terminator. He has to have he has to be scarier. He has to be even more indestructible. And it, 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 do not think too hard about the plot. Uh, no, it, there the are idea that Arnold Schwarzenegger came <laughs> back in 1984 to kill Sarah Connor before John Connor is born, that somehow changed the future into <laughs> Arnold being a good guy. That doesn't make a ton of sense at no, all. No, it explains that John Connor reprograms <laughs> him. Right. John Connor got a Terminator and reprogrammed it I to know. go protect his mom and, and little him in, you know, forward. And then, but then they sent the, the scary liquid metal guy. It's still, it's still a mess of paradoxes when you deal with time travel. Well, I'm going to go. Anything so, with time travel. Of and, course. And, and yes. we, but we all accept it after this because the other one's pretty simple. Whereas this is like, just send another Terminator. See if he can beat yeah. two. Like, <laughs> you should be is fine. There, is there a director that has a higher hit ratio than Cameron? James Cameron. I don't know. I mean, maybe Spielberg, really. no. but like it's. But I mean, as far as the ratio goes, though, I mean, uh, yeah. Spielberg in terms of box office, ones, but he has some stinkers. Th- this too, is but, this is six hundred yeah. million dollars at the domestic box office in nineteen ninety one, not accounting for the three D re release. Not there are seven hundred million home videos of this. Like, because it, because the rights are a mess. Uh, the original rights holder, like Carol Co. Pictures, made a mess of everything. This this franchise has been owned by like I think three of the major studios at one point, or licensed to them. It's ugh. everything after this for Terminator is kind of downhill. But I, I I don't. That's the thing. I don't remember Diana the sensation of Terminator One. But mm-hmm. I love it when I talk to English people. Like that for them is like Star Wars overseas. And I don't. Yeah. I, I just it's fandom that is like way more than I would expect for the original Terminator. Really? Yeah. Because like I I was made aware of the I was made aware of the original Terminator a, a day before I saw this one. <laughs> yeah, no, just just for its sheer simplicity mm-hmm. of just well mm-hmm. you know this thing that cannot be reasoned with or bargained with is just coming after you and every time you stop to relax it shows up and starts spraying bullets everywhere you're like oh yeah yeah and this is you know adds to it of like it could be anyone okay yes so i remember watching bits and pieces of this when i was a little kid when my parents had it on and one of my biggest fears as like a small child was that my parents were imposters and (laughs) i was like obsessed Mm -hmm. the idea that my parents were really bad guys in like just in my parents' make, you know, parent makeup or whatever. Pa- and this movie really cemented that fear for me. It's like, my parents it took are, me a little my while parents to are secretly that. white trash versions of the leads from Abyss. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this was so interesting to rewatch and figure out, like, okay, what is this doing right? And of course, the answer is everything. everything. But I mean, adding to the character development, you know, pushing the, the story forward in ways that make perfect sense. Logically, you know, Linda Hamilton, the first one, she's just a regular person. And this one's like, she's, you know, 
she's a full prepper her crazy first, her person. first she's line so is so like, fucking ripped hey doc how's the knee i fucking love her entrance here <laughs> she is so good. the whole sequence of her escaping the mental institution yes. is so good flawless and then it, I, it never hit me it's like this movie's like two hours 15 or so mm-hmm. the last 50 is just nonstop action. Just a nonstop chase. We're, we're, yeah. Every single event just... leads to the next event in like mm-hmm. almost yeah. real time. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just no part. There's about 30 seconds for, have you got the detonator? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then something else explodes and it just You think you have time moving. to breathe. Ah, a little kid driving an RC car in a house. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. it works so well too because it gives you that feeling of like, I cannot rest. I cannot rest. And because you yeah. cannot rest in the movie- because the Terminator is relentless, and so mm-hmm. is the action, which is a merciless great mm-hmm. for setting tone. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. I just can't believe he had the gall to do this. Like after uh, Alien and the Abyss, I guess were that big a success. Like, how do you take this small six million dollar movie and make at the time the most expensive movie ever made? That's what Terminator Two was. Uh, yeah. I believe they said fifteen times more expensive than the average movie made in nineteen ninety one. It was very, mm-hmm. very expensive on a thing. Well, I guess the, the, the reality is a ton of people saw it and became obsessed with it. It'd be, it yeah. If there were, at the time, I don't think they were making a ton of merchandise for adults, but uh, Terminator had stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Although I think we have to have the uncomfortable conversation about Edward Furlong. Why? 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 But I understand he's supposed to be a punk ass kid who's whiny and annoying. And this is about him growing into a leader. By the end of the movie, we see him having some leadership qualities. And like mm-hmm. pulling stuff together, but oh, I mean, he's he's not a professional actor at this time. He's literally just some kid that Cameron just thought he had the right vibe. I I, can't, uh, I, I don't I don't I just I, cannot, I find him a little too annoying. I can mm-hmm. never ever look at this film objectively and think the thoughts that you're thinking. I cannot. <laughs> it, 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 I can't. Is is no one else? Would you prefer? Would you want to swap him with Budnick from the beginning of the movie? His friend Budnick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, DiCaprio's Maybe. like a he's a couple years older. But he's still so DiCaprio's hair. <laughs> and he was he was in the mix. I think he would have. I mean, his whole career would have been such a strange, different trajectory. Oh, yeah. But still, might I have made it in a Titanic. Killed this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, they come back together. Give him six years. Yeah. Yeah, but just I just I believe Arnold received an unprecedented payday of. I remember my dad telling me this. I. Uh, Fifteen million dollars, like uh, I think an unforeseen yeah. payday, because in mm. between this and, and the first plane, in a plane. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's plane. nice. Yeah, and a jet that was worth like eleven million. In, yeah. in between this movie and the the previous one, the first movie Arnold is not really a known name unless you're yeah. in the bodybuilding circles, and now he's the biggest star in the universe and still wants to make this movie. Um, I believe my dad told me the way it broke down in the screenplay. I looked it up and confirmed that he is paid twenty thousand dollars per word because oh, he does funny. not he does not speak very often. <laughs> He's a man of very few words. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I actually just heard this week so I was talking about Terminator 2 and said that if you look at the movies that Arnold was making, I mean I think the last one we had was Kindergarten Cop. Totally like, cool. He came into Terminator 2 concerned about getting his body back into Terminator shape. Yeah, I don't Which doubt I think it. is like really interesting cuz I mean, when was Terminator the first one? 84. 84. That's a significant amount of time to elapse and some really cushy living based, you know, he's been making some movies, he's got some cash, he's like, you know, could have let himself go. And I think that he was very, I've heard that he was like concerned about doing it and he fucking does it. Like, it's amazing. Um, And by the way, what he does is that culvert race 
Like a lot yeah. of that is really Arnold on a bike, piloting the bike, turning around and shooting things one handed with a shotgun. They they it holds up as an astonishing scene. And oh. if you have it, if you have like I always encourage people if you have the ability, check it out in 4K. You'll notice little details you've you've never seen before because that mm-hmm. movie is shot just gorgeous. It looks mm-hmm. so good. And only now when he, he takes the jump off the bridge, I'm like, oh, now that is definitely not Arnold on that bike. That right. is a guy in yeah. a weird Arnold wig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely. And like I love when when the truck hits, the windows go flying out, but then later the windows are back in there. Mm. Little things. Yeah, but it just makes me wonder, like, well, how many times did they run that truck off of I mean, right? Can you you imagine living in the neighborhood, like, right behind there? Are they done yet? (laughs) It's been, like, six trucks. (laughs) My baby hasn't slept in three days. I'm trying to watch Mama's family. That is a really good impression of someone living in L.A. (laughs) Is that a helicopter going under an overpass? God damn it. All of those, even it's not, we even- don't have noise canceling headphones yet. Oh, oh man! I also though want to give a shout out to Joe Morton. Yeah. I just oh, I love him so much in general. Like I always like to see him on my screen, and Esapatha Murkison too plays his <laughs> wife. But he's just so great and so scene chewy and so. But in this, he's like really playing it really well. I just really love him in this role. Yeah, the so only much. problem I had in this viewing is like. I'm glad they didn't show it to us, like, but they converted him real fast. All right, so there's yeah, robots from the future. I was thinking that, <laughs> yeah, too. Just show like, him the robot arm. Yeah, I'll and die for like, this. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, you're right. Everything I've worked on should be destroyed. I'll die for this. Like, yeah, he goes from that to exploding a building like yeah. pretty quickly. It's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. death scenes That's that fine. some people, I oh, do the impression yeah. all the time. Huh, 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 huh. Oh, my God, yes. And then you it fart really loud. a good death. Yeah, yeah, I remember that from I remember seeing that very vividly as a child. And also the nuclear blast scene, which yes. goes on a little bit longer than you think it's going to go on. Like it is gorgeous though. Yeah. I mean, now that would just all be CG and it's like that's all models and, and like I I really think about like nuclear scientists saying, like, no, that's about how it goes, right? There's the flash and then there's the heat and then the blast wave, and yeah. But yeah, that scene that just that sticks with you more than anything. I feel like that might stick with you more than anything else in this movie. It's like when yes. you imagine what nuclear blast looks like, I, you, I, you I, see a skeleton grabbing a chain like fence. Yes. I, I am really confused. It w- maybe do you was that always in the original movie? Yeah. Okay. I remember I remember them airing a deleted scene on television. This movie was right. so huge and I have had so many different versions, director's cut unapproved by James Cameron but with like 15 extra minutes if you've never seen mm-hmm. Michael Bean is in several versions of Terminator 2, not the one I watched. Right. But I, di- I didn't know that. I didn't know I'd been watching all these different versions and I keep awaiting scenes that don't exist. Mm. And, uh, but yeah. I, di- I also didn't know until uh, looking into it this time that Linda Hamilton has a twin and that is mm-hmm. how they do several of the. Sh- I had no idea that that was yeah. being done. Oh, but, interesting. Yes. Yeah, they cut a, a longer sequence that's pretty good mm-hmm. when she's working on pulling the bullets out of the Terminator. That it's like what looks like a mirror is actually just a frame, and her twin is on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that's how it looks like they're really pulling bullets out of him, but really that's a dummy and her twin. Yeah, but then <laughs> yeah, there's just the one shot where <laughs> she's lurking behind herself, and you're like. Is, that's not a match shot. That's not rotoscope process. No, that's she just has a twin. It's man. not those guys wow. from Gremlins 2 who play hospital wards. The ultimate it's, practical yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah. Having a twin. Several sets of <laughs> twins. And, uh, every also, s- too, huh. 
I cannot talk about this movie without talking about the Universal Studios, like interactive. The, the last Cameron directed Terminator movie. anything. Oh my God. It's so good, y'all. Yeah. I'm so sad. It's gone. Like that totally gone. was, I looked forward to that every time I went to Universal Studios. It was just absolutely immersive. Just such a fun, fun experience of a 3D, like, but the type that's like same, like it's 40 basically like the, yeah. the Muppets do where you've got things mm-hmm. spraying on you. And I will always One remember. Robots. Oh, I love that. When they shoot up the T-1000 and the mist yes. pours over your face. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The like metal droplets come at you and then they sprinkle cold mist on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like. <laughs> and make little tinkling <laughs> noises. Yeah, as as really these, happening. all these T-1000s pop out of the wall around you. It does. Again, it sucks. That is an experience that is lost forever. Like we I've will never, never really get that like back. It. They have real, actual stunt people riding a motorcycle yep. on, like, through the theater, wow. like actors. It's. Ugh, I'm so sad. It's gone. Honestly, I know. I'm always so upset. No one went in there with like at least professional cameras to try and I recreate the experience. But oh I, God, I, I yeah. should try and find the movie. See if that's available. Sometimes those leak out because it's mm-hmm. Edward Furlong, Linda Hamilton. Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. appearing mm-hmm. again in their roles for not, none of them will ever be back together again other yeah. than that universal ride, which I believe well, had, the, had the fastest closure because the rights expire. They're just like, uh, come this week because it's gone forever. And everybody's like, what? Usually you get like a year's notice. But oof. I'm so mad. But yeah, now we did get to see Arnold and Linda together in the last Terminator that came mm-hmm. out, which we saw in the theaters. Which, which is which one I of the least bad loved. Terminators I've seen in a long time. Since three. It, it was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, this is. And Diana, you'll love it because you don't like Edward Furlong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think what was the last Terminator that I watched. I'm going to bet Salvation. Um, yeah, it was Salvation. Yeah, that had a lot of hype yeah, on that. I, this can't I, be bad. Ooh. And it's good. And it's got some parts that are pretty good. Like overall, it's okay. It's inter- it's it's something different. It takes place in the future instead of with more time travel stuff. And I heard Genesis was so bad that I just haven't bothered with any of the rest. It's one of the Even worst. I've heard Dark Fate is okay. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is so mm. bad. And it, it leaves with no conclusion because it's setting up a franchise that never comes to pass. Mm. Dark Fate really, though, was great. And the effects were really amazing. Like, I remember thinking while I was watching it. Anyways, we're not talking about Dark Fate, but I do recommend it. But, um, yeah, this is a perfect summer movie because everyone's so sweaty all the time. (laughs) It's a very sweaty movie. There's so much running. There's so much running. There's so much anxiety. Like, it really works. (laughs) And we're for for a long squealing at the top of his lungs. It's... One of those things that is to me a perfect film. I, I wish I had one fortieth of the love for the original that I have for this movie. I, I just the, the first one isn't part. I've seen it like five times. I watch this once a year, if not more. Um, I love this film, and if I I, can. I, I I can't imagine there's anybody listening to this who has not seen it. But uh, please do, and, and it's worth watching again. It holds up so well. It so really does. Well. Yeah. Way better than you think it's going to, I promise. And there's stuff in there that I know you forgot about that's going to blow your mind over again. Like, it's... And also, too, Robert Patrick. What a great casting. I mean, he looks like a robot. Like, he's got the square face and the square jaw. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just... That poor guy. I mean, he did, what, X-Files and a little bit of Sopranos, and then that's it? Like, how is that possible? uh, He's around a lot. I mean, those are, like, his bigger profile He's in the Double Dragon movie. 
Yeah, he's he's all over the place, and I he clearly was trying to like I'm not the T1000. Yeah, like see him with a lot more facial hair. Like I am not the T1000. Please stop. <laughs> Even it. though he will play the T1000 again in two movies I saw recently. Can either mm-hmm. of you name those movies? Last Action Hero is one. Yes, it is. Ding yeah. for Diana. The other one, Wayne's World Two. <laughs> Yep. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Have you seen this boy? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Another favorite of mine. I love Wayne's World too. Oh, it's the best. Yep. It's the best. Yeah, and it's so weird that it was supposed to be Billy Idol. Uh, what? Like, I, really? I, yeah. Yeah. I can see it. He got in a bad accident. He couldn't do it. Mm. It's like, okay. I mean, it's still a type of like, I don't know, Aryan Ubermensch, but mm. yeah. yeah, I can't see him being as restrained i I think it definitely needed to be like a nobody too at the time just to kind of we could project like this is just a created human being that i've never seen before traditionally traditionally all the terminators are that they are unknown young unknowns including also also that looks like a cop (laughs) like that dude just has cop face resting cop face because he took that (laughs) cop's body I know. Yeah, but you know, except the way his ears kind of point and stick out. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like you notice it, and then you just keep looking at it, like mm-hmm. you have elf ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you'd like to see an interesting connection with me, uh, Google my name uh, with Terminator, and you should find my Terminator <laughs> pose, which I did in eighty-two inches of snow. I carved out a little circle and knelt naked in it, like Robert Patrick at the beginning of the movie, uh, and that was. The first time I'd seen snow and didn't know that it was wet and very cold. For some reason, I just assumed it was cottony and fun. And it was, I almost died. It, <sighs> but it's a great picture of me. Tasteful and everything. Beautiful. No ween. No ween. Florida man. No ween. Um, but yeah, I can't recommend this uh, enough. There's some super yeah. cheap 4K Blu-rays out there, like $10 or less for this movie. Because again, the rights are all over the place. They make a ton of versions of this stuff. Uh, it looked great on my TV. Ugh, please see the please yeah. see T two. Yeah, but it is fun. Like if you remember it as a kid, to go mm. back and watch it as an adult and just think, okay, and how did they do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and how did they do that? Oh, they blew up a building. Oh, they blew up that truck. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. there's blew up a truck and a guy on fire is getting out of it now. Multiple Ooh. sets of twins. That's how they did it. Yeah. And I, 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 I since I lack, you know, I saw Terminator one and two so close together. I never thought about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, showing up and not being bad. I, I knew he was a good guy when I walked in until every time I watched that Sarah Connor sequence, which they take even longer when he she sees him for the first time. And mm-hmm. she's just like, no! <laughs> and starts trying to sprint with her shoes off as this thing walks towards her. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's right. She's, only, she's used to this thing that killed her baby yeah. daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a completely different experience if you go in cold like audiences generally did mm-hmm. of no not of thinking oh shit arnold is back and this cop is going to try to protect him perfect nope film. nope switcheroo perfect film and i want everything you see in the film from the uh truck with a, the hot dog house on the back of it i want the motorcycle i want the mm-hmm. atm hacking i want the afterburner machine i want <laughs> nikki cox's jackets i want it all like it's just a perfect timepiece from a time when i'm just becoming like aware of my surroundings that's true. That is a good point. I do want all those things too. It is like such a good time capsule for that period of time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the mullet. But Nicky <laughs> Mullet is amazing. It's pretty good. Okay. I also love that he like instinctively knew do not tell that cop any information. And Trust then you the look cops. over and you see this little narc kid being like, oh yeah, he's right over there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 
I swear on my jams, I saw him that on that one. Uh. Never tell the cops where your friends are. Oh, that kid's getting stitches. <laughs> uh, if anybody survives. I, 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 I'd like to think Budnick is dead in that scene, but all he does is go, hey! Sorry, I've seen this movie a lot. <laughs> Uh, cue the Guns and Roses. Okay, is, are we good with Terminator Two? I feel like I could talk about this forever. Truly, yeah. it is also last thing I'll say about it. The f- it made Judgment Day a household name, at least for my little brain. And mm-hmm. I'd never seen a movie do the T uh, two. Where like I totally understand what you mean if you say T two. That's mm-hmm. what it said on the poster. T two. Yeah, I'd never seen a movie do that before. Maybe also- I'm wrong, Diana. Somebody else did it first, but. Uh, I just I, we keep typing F nine all this week and uh, reminds me of T two. The sheer amount of catchphrases. Yes. Yeah. Is pretty insane. Like you. Did really you call moi like a that. dipshit? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. You live. Uh, it's all. It's all wonderful. Please watch Terminator <laughs> yeah. two. Um, moving into television, in nineteen ninety one, uh, July seventh, July second to the eighth. Tom and Roseanne Arnold appear. Um, for the first time, I believe, since they exchanged their vows for an entire hour on the Joan Rivers show, which I tried Ooh, watching, getting yeah. choice clips from, but it's like, this is a televised podcast, and this is hard to watch. It's like an old episode of the Merv Griffin show. Just one guest, the whole <laughs> show. It's on YouTube. It was recently uploaded. You can check it out there. And then on the 8th, um, Shop Till You Drop debuts. Um, is that, that's not Supermarket Sweep? Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. It's similar, mm-hmm. and it's one of those, you know, it's it's a daily afternoon uh, game show. So 10 seasons, 980 episodes. Whoa. Yeah. And it's set in a mall, right? Like, it's right. not food-based. Yes. It's like running around in a mall and, like, solving puzzles and stuff. Honestly, it mm-hmm. sounds pretty fun. I really think they should remake it. It's like it. the Nickelodeon toy run for adults. Well, they yeah, should really exactly. – they've already redone Supermarket Sweep – the only Funny problem with doing shot till your drop is that nobody knows what a mall is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they have plenty of shooting space. Uh, help save a mall. Shoot a, shoot a reality show in it. Uh, and then yeah, not na- a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, 1991 games, um, July 2nd to the 8th. Uh, nothing really huge. And again, we'll go more into this on the Patreon.com uh, slash Laser Time Show with the Video Game Apocalypse Boys. But I did want to shout out nothing except the new model of the handheld, the Atari Lynx. The Atari Lynx 2 is out, which I... Always considered one of the more accessible systems ever because it had two buttons on the right, on the bottom, and the top, so left-handed people could switch it around and play, figure it out how they favored the controller. No other controller has done that like ever since, <laughs> except for, I think, Xbox recently. Anyway, music of 1991, July 2nd to the 8th. Rush, Rush by Paul Abdul is number one. Uh, new releases, uh, this is an EP released by Digital Underground. Hey, Stupid by Alice Cooper is out. Uh, Into, the Gr- Into the Great Wide Open by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers is out. Peaceful yeah. Journey by Heavy D and the Boys. Uh, the Rulers Back by Slick Rick. Uh, Shades of Two Worlds by the Allman Brothers. And Trisha, Trisha Yearwood's self-titled debut. My Bible Camp is ecstatic. So this is the album that She's in Love with the Boy came, comes from. Yeah, that's the that's lead the, single. She does that song? Yeah. I fucking yes. love that song. Uh, oh, I still love that song. It's so good. Oh. Uh. Oh my goodness! Um, like every yeah. girl in my seventh grade class would sing that at their friends who had crushes or did something embarrassing. Mama breaks in, says, "Don't lose your temper." <laughs> so good. Yeah, there were like so many songs off of these albums that was just yeah. like, "Well, we're gonna go out with that one at some point. We gotta go out with that one at some point." Mm-hmm. Oh, "Peaceful Journey" with Heavy D. That's the one with uh, "Now That We Found Love." I love that song. All right, going on with that. Into the Great Wide Open. Like every song is a banger. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
And uh, but but we decided to close out instead with the music that makes me think of a crane shot with kids on a motorcycle with no helmet. Uh, you could be mine by Guns N' Roses. A song I couldn't find. Was it only in the Terminator soundtrack or one of the Use Your Illusions I didn't have? It came out. I thought it was on Use Your Illusion too, but I could be wrong. But this song is a banger, mm-hmm. and I, I have a new appreciation for it hearing it live by a Guns N' Roses cover band. All girl Guns N' Roses cover band. Mm-hmm. They open with this, and it's like my eyes started to bleed, and I was so happy. <laughs> it was just like the wall of sound that comes at you when you turn this sucker up. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite movies. Well, take us out, Axel, but stay right there. We'll be right back with 2001. <laughs> Coming in in 2001 with You Remind Me by Usher. It is number one. Man, I thought Usher would crank out hits every summer forever. Where's the Where's the well, summer's Usher band? Pass the baton to Justin Bieber. I mean, even that was like 15 <laughs> years ago. My word. Uh, welcome, welcome to the new millennium, uh, July 2nd to the 8th. Uh, other albums out this week. New releases from self, the self-titled debut of Lil Romeo, um, 1111, the debut of Regina Spector. The self-titled debut of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, um, self-titled by Aaliyah. So not a lot of creativity happening this week. And, uh, <laughs> Pleased to Meet You by James uh, and, on White Stripes, White Blood Cells, which was on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Album list until it got bumped off in, in 2020. Oh, oh my. I yeah. don't know. Even though it's their third album, this is when people like oh, yeah. know who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And immediately become confused. Of, are they siblings or not? Yeah, I'm not. still un- okay. I was going to say I was they're, still a little unclear. They were married. They were, they and, were married, and then divorced. And then I think the way I heard it was just like lightly played it off because they both did have legally have the last name. Like yeah, we're And then imagined how confused people ended up being. It's like the, <laughs> one of those Osmonds rumors came true. Uh, <laughs> January, no, not January, July 2nd to July, uh, July 8th. News, little, I have a couple little fun news things to bring you in. Drew Barrymore and Tom Green marry. Yay! Yay! They'll file for divorce in December. I just, like no. a lot of our news here is celebrity relationships. And I did also read, <sighs> is everybody sitting down? Yes. Uh, Tara Reed and Carson Daly have called off their wedding. Oh. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. No, no. look, it's only had to happen once, but um, it was <laughs> rock the face of the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, this I'm, is one way where I actually feel bad for Tom Green. Where I saw an interview with him like maybe two years ago, and he says, People still, I like be pumping gas in the movie, like, hey, how's Drew? And it's like, dude, <laughs> that's just that rude. Was, I just, you know, it was a relationship. It was short lived. It didn't work out, but for some reason, just it was so much in the public somehow. Well, they were. Uh, I mean, they keep showing on, up in movies together yeah, and shit. They're they're both in Charlie's Angels. They're both in Freddie Got Fingered, and they're both yep. in Tom Green's Testicular Cancer Spectacular. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't, if you didn't see it, I do recommend it. There's a 
he sat down for a lengthy interview with her on her new talk show where they just talk about how like uh, how much they love each other and sorry it didn't work. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, also in the news, uh, in his first appearance at Daytona since the death of his father, Dale Earnhardt Sr., Dale Jr. wins the Pepsi 400. <laughs> I don't know anything about the Pepsi 400. Um, and I don't. I still don't have a problem with being in front of NASCAR. Also, technology, great news. The new Windows Media Player will finally be able to play MP3s, <laughs> but not make them. You will still need to hold on to your real player <laughs> to do that. Um, yes, only 20. How, I don't know if you remember that, because Windows was always trying to hijack your audio defaults. Mm-hmm. And that yep. it refused to play MP3s for years. Mm-hmm. It oh, it was so infuriating. Like, just let me win him. Whips the llama's ass. Let me make that my default. All right, you ready for the movies of two thousand one? July second to the eighth. I'll be honest. I feel like the whole rest of the show pretty much pales in comparison to T two. But yeah. most things would. But then a lot of these are like, oh yeah, that happened. Moving uh, on. We got Lost and Delirious with Piper Paraboom, Jessica Parr, and Misha Barton. Um, yeah, this is about girls at an all-girls school coming of age, and I think two of them are in love, and like their other friend feels jealous of this, and uh, reviews were meh. I watched 30 minutes of this and <laughs> could not get further than that. And you know this is like right up my alley, but yeah, it's pretty garbage. Like, oh. real bad writing, real bad dialogue, like, no idea exactly what anyone's motivation is, and also, like, it's just kind of creepy because these girls are like in high school, but there's some kind of explicit stuff in here that I don't know. I would steer clear. Oh, yeah. good thing I did. Um, also steer clear of Kiss of the Dragon with Jet Li and Bridget Fonda. And I'm not even going to try that next name. Go for it. Uh, che- I, I, I'm probably saying it wrong, but I, I generally call him Checky Cario, who's a total hates that guy. Like mm. he plays every Russian mobster. Mm. Mm. And this was like, it was not great, but it was okay, you know, because Jet Li is, you know, coming off his big, you know, Romeo Must Die thing. And this time now he's in Paris and that was pretty cool. So there were some cool fight scenes like on top of a boat in the Seine as it goes past Notre Dame and they're kicking ass. And you're like, woo. Uh, but he's... Uh, he's an agent who's or an agent from China who's like framed for murder by evil French detective Chucky Cario and Bridget Fonda is like this woman who's been sex trafficked by Chucky Cario and they like they form a friendship and then they help each other out and yeah it's like only okay mm. the direction's a bit off so sometimes it's hard to tell what's going on which is such a bummer because the fight scenes are pretty good uh, and Chucky Cario eats all of the scenery he ended up being like the real treat for me of just flailing guns around and murdering everyone in public and it's like no one thinks that's weird like you're in france and someone comes out with like (laughs) two automatic weapons and just starts spraying this hotel and like he's just like telling his superiors like oh we almost caught him (laughs) um (laughs) uh you destroyed a building oh oh no that it is that Chinese guy he he went crazy he killed everybody and it's like uh what huh. so it was very very over the top that way but not like in a fun way mm. you know mm. but still we got like vintage Jet Li mm. doing Jet Li stuff also he can do worse over the top not in a fun way comedy yes wise. <laughs> Ooh, this is where I bounced out and never came back Tori Spelling Sean Waynes Marlon Waynes Regina Hall uh, Christopher Masterson and Anna Faris. Scary movie, too. Six friends have entered the realm of the supernatural. Now they'll have to stick together. I'm a missing girl! 
to survive on July 4th. There's more action. And more suspense. Scary movie too. Holly want a crack? Holly wants your mama's sweet. Rated R. Oh, oh, damn. Uh, ew. Like I don't know. I I I remember seeing the first scary movie in theaters the day it came out, mm-hmm. and it is one of the most uproarious times I've ever had in theaters. Huh. Film is you know in hindsight not terribly great. It does some you know cheap gross out blabbery looks, but uh, it was fun. I saw this in the theater like. It was like nothing, and mm-hmm. everyone and it like it looked so cheap compared mm-hmm. to, compared to the original. But apparently, like it's like a year later, they had to bang this out in like nine months, and who, like the Wayans would just totally disappear from this franchise. And I thought, like, well, how's this going to move forward? But it did. Uh, I think for at least two more, five, no, three more movies, mm-hmm. um, and may still be alive for all we know. And the Wayans went to go make their own. Uh, scary movie parody, A Haunted House. Is that there? I forget. Yeah. I forget. The- yeah, I feel like this is the beginning. It, well, I mean, there's a bit of that in Scary Movie, but the, this is definitely the point where it's just like, here's a recognizable reference to a thing that's extremely recent and mm-hmm. therefore has no staying power. And it's not even a joke. It's just sort of, just oh, look, I recognize mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, a lot of those movies fell into that pitfall because they can't wait for these movies to come out and be popular. They're like, well, the trailer's popular that we, so they just yeah. are parodying the tra- the marketing materials for movies they've never seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so many of these things, like unless you've been listening to the show and paying attention, you are not going to get that "What Lies Beneath" reference mm-hmm. or a Hollow Man reference, or mm-hmm. you know, okay, well, you probably get the Ch- Charlie's Angels reference still, but you know, the Haunting from '99. Save the last dance. Like, yeah. The Exorcist. And Diana, that's okay, the, the Exorcist people will remember. The uh, only reason I remember, I, the most notable thing you can remember about this movie, do you remember who was supposed to cameo in it? No. Marlon Brando was supposed to what? play the role that went to what? James Woods as the priest in the Exorcist parody, said yes, took the money, typical Marlon Brando fashion, dropped the fuck out. Nah, I'm not feeling mm-hmm. good today. Whoa. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, wow. I cannot imagine how much they must have offered him. But then again, it could have been like a 30-second part. Um, But yeah, this could have been one of Marlon Brando's final roles. Yeah. He's got another one this year. Yeah, we have his final role next week. So Mm -hmm. that that almost became his last role. would be scary movie, too. That would be so sad. That's crazy to think about. It really is. Um, and then finally, number one at the box office this week, Alexander Pollock, Alec Baldwin, Sean Hayes, Toby Maguire, Elizabeth Perkins, and Jeff Goldblum. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's cats and dogs. What cats are thinking? A day has come! We're trying to take over the world! What dogs are thinking? My orders are clear. Are you ready? Sir, yes, sir! We're gonna save them, right? This is way over our heads. Now you're acting like an agent. What are you thinking? Show your face, you coward. You can't hide forever. I think not. Cats and dogs. (laughs) Bad talking cat. Yeah, we have a lot of talking animals this week. No, I can't stand it. (laughs) And uh, I'm not a fan of any of them. We just had Dr. Doolittle, too. I know. Oh, it's like, give it an great. extra week, people. There's nothing we can do about no. the planning of the show, but it's just, I remember seeing this in the talk, like, we just did this. The talk, mm-hmm. the bad mm-hmm. CG talking animal movie with the all star cast. We just did this. Uh, but again, huge success. And when I mentioned to my girlfriend the 
movies that were coming out this week I needed to watch, this was the one she was most excited. Um, but we didn't watch it. <sighs> fine. You know, whatever. I'm sure it's fine for the little, little kids. Uh, you know, I am not dating kids. a little, little kid. All right, little animals. <laughs> well, I mean, it was fine. If you're a little kid and so you have nostalgia for this now, that's fine. You know, it's it's a, the secret the secret life of pets kind of thing, you know, where it's like it turns out that when we're not around, animals do blank, blank, blank. And this time they're like spies and they're at war with each other. Mm-hmm. Fine. You know, I because it's number one, I almost fired it up. And then I remembered that I watched for the show G-Force, the spying <laughs> guinea pigs movie. And I decided someone else can take that grenade. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, you've done I, your service. Yeah, thank you. We thank you. I, thank you for I fell on the sword of Kitty Galore, so I'm no, I'm not. <laughs> didn't watch that yeah. either. Uh, I, I didn't get the memo, so sorry. We are we are SOL. Wow. We, on we, a review for this one. Yeah. Uh, again, that's why we have comments. I would love anything anyone has to say about cats and dogs. For real, it's not more in the box yeah. office. So a ton of you yeah. probably saw it. Yeah, it's number one at the box office. It's got like a fifty percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes, which generally to me means it's fine for kids and adults could not watch it more than once but i'm sure kids wanted to just rewind it and watch it over and over and over and says somewhere out there there's someone who's like having a seizure because it's bringing back memories and i apologize and yeah i just i got confused because like i thought we talked about this on 30 2010 before that was the sequel which comes out almost right. 10 years later oh okay uh, it came out mm-hmm. yeah we talked about it last year in 2010 like why the hold up? Uh, Were the animals not available? Okay. 2000... It takes so long to write a script about dogs and cats fighting. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yes. You got to craft the perfect sniffing butthole jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm oh. stalling because once we get to TV and both Sarah and I double check this, n- nothing. It is. Nothing. Bizar- it's all reruns. It is bizarre, bizarrely blank. Other than like I, there's another episode of Six Feet Under on, mm-hmm. but like anything on network television and cable is barren. It is who wants to be a millionaire like three times. That is all you have for new stuff. This well, week. we're looking at Fourth of July. Yes. So I mean, you've mm-hmm. got your like Fourth of July concerts, mm-hmm. which happen every year. So, but that's it. I guess and, and a bunch of people re- are out of their house, out and about. I yeah, assume. a bunch of repeats yeah. of movies playing again. Like mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. wow, what a dull week for television. I can't, I just can't imagine like television taking a week off in this day and age. But there you are, video games of two thousand one. We have one to reference, but I've never played it. It is called Dark Angel Vampire Apocalypse. And with that many video game buzzwords, that's like four <laughs> buzzwords. Like it has to be great. <laughs> Um, but I, I did see in, in, in sad news, uh, Sega had already announced that the dream, they were going to put a stop to the Dreamcast, but they sort of officially announced like we are out of the console business entirely. And, oh no. And I looked like, how long, what the end of a dynasty. And then I'm like, hmm. it, they ended their 11 year run, like 11 years. I've lived so much longer without Sega than I've ever lived with it, but it was such an important wow. part. It felt like such an important part of my life for so long. But again, their franchises lived on other platforms. Huh. Um, we talked about Sonic like two weeks ago. Check out that show. And it, what has to be one of our shortest segments of all time. <laughs> I, you know, I could have watched Cats and Dogs no. to complain about it. I, I didn't want to. I could have watched Scary Movie 2 to complain about it. I don't want to. Again, I, no. I, I could have finished Lost and Delirious. Didn't want to. <laughs> it's no, a, look, we, we're saving up. Attempt. We got to save up our energy for next week because I feel Y'all. like this is just sort of a lull week. Mm-hmm. And next week, 
2001. Like I had to go back and double check all the dates, be like, really? They're all together and we don't have like one of these movies we could talk about the week earlier. <laughs> just no, we have to talk all all like eight good movies for mm-hmm. 2001 next week. And this week is like, it's going to movie too. Great. The Hollywood yeah, system. Strap it down, y'all. Hollywood system of 30, 20, 10 years ago doesn't give a fuck about our show. You tell them I they said it. Don't. It's not fair. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> and I want to rewatch all of them because I love them. Uh, and with that, we will close out uh, the 2001 segment with Fell in Love with a Girl by the White Stripes. But uh, do not go away. There's still a lot of fun stuff to talk about in 2011. <laughs> Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of July 2nd through 8th. Happy 4th of July. Let's talk about America. Because we have two movies that are about being Americans in very strange and different ways. Uh, 75 years ago this week, from 1946, The Stranger, directed by Orson Welles, uh, his third movie and the first one that didn't get fucked with or almost destroyed or have a real missing that has never been found. Because it's, like, Orson Welles, he makes a lot of films. And this is like a movie. Like, you can just sit down and watch this enjoyably. It's it's a movie. But it's also interesting because it's 1946, and the war's, you know, just ended. And it's about hunting Nazi war criminals. That Orson Welles plays this guy who, could he be this guy who's on the run? I don't know. Edward G. Robinson's going to find out because he's pissed. And his wife, girlfriend, I forget, Loretta Young, is like, could could this be the man that I married? Could he actually be a monster? And they, like, bring up the Holocaust and they have some footage of it, which I think was kind of the first time that happened outside of newsreels to, like, make the Holocaust part of the plot, which is still incredibly shocking to people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just as a straight sort of, like, man-on-the-run crime film light noir like yeah the stranger 1946 is pretty good i totally recommend it a lot of people just sort of skip it in the wells filmography because it's not so heavy and serious as you know magnificent ambersons uh 25 years later 1971 this week it is the 50th anniversary of the greatest theme song of all time and that theme song goes with a black private dick who's a sex machine with all the chicks it's the anniversary of shaft directed by gordon parks who if you haven't looked into his photography seems more of a photographer it's outstanding. But Richard Roundtree, he's a black private dick. He's a sex machine with all the chicks. You know, some say he's a bad mother, but, you know, I'm just talking about Shaft. I, what can I say? What can I say? The first of three movies called Shaft with Richard Roundtree in them that are not the other three movies like Shaft's Big Score and Shaft in Africa. I don't know if I've ever seen a bad Shaft movie, even though they're like all over the place. Yeah, the 71 Shaft. It's fun. It's cool. I mean, he's he's like a black James Bond in the city you know not taking any shit please what go watch shaft it's it's fun i don't know what else to say and richard roundtree is like an incredibly charismatic guy and i wish he'd had a better career that's it for this week stay classic just call it shit high power nigga nothing less than high power five star dishes food for thought bitches i mean this shit is Huey Newton going stupid, you can't resist his high power. Throw your hands up for high power.
Coming into 2011 with High Power by Kendrick Lamar off his debut, uh, Section 80, his debut. Okay, 10 years. It's only been 10 years. All right. Welcome, Kendrick, to the Decade Club. Uh, 2011. I read that as High Power. Ah. (laughs) Let's pretend I said it like that. (laughs) July 2nd to the 8th of 2011. Here's uh, more music releases. And by that, I mean one more, The Lateness of the Hour by Alex Clare. Um, Rolling the Deep by Adele is uh, still number one. Holy shit. And our, mm-hmm. and as far as the news goes, our very, our final celebrity couple. <laughs> Prince Albert of Monaco. Uh, he finally marries Princess Charlene. They're still together. What? Yeah. Oh, it's only well, 10 years was, ago. Sorry. I was thinking 30. Yeah, it's 10 years ago. But he was 53. Mm-hmm. And Monaco is a hereditary monarchy where it will revert back to France if they don't have enough royals to go around. And he's, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, he's called Prince, but he's he's the one in charge. And he's not married, and he doesn't have any kids, and what are you going to do? And, yeah, so he finally did. He got married. Is he Good a confirmed bachelor up until then? That, yeah. He, uh, so there were plenty of rumors. But you call I, it Tom Selleck. I would expect nothing less from Grace Kelly's child. (laughs) Rumors, this rich prince doesn't want to get married. There's got, there's other Uh, reasons that can be. Why not? Well, and he's like really into like oceanography and like, like he's got like him and Jim Cameron would have like a lot to talk about. Like he just, he was busy doing prince scuba diving shit. I don't know. (laughs) Princely things. Polo. Uh, Piercing his dick. Sorry, I just read the first part. Piercing his dick. (laughs) <laughs> Diving into a vault full of gold coins. Yeah. <laughs> G- giving him an, giving him a himself. Sorry. Giving him a himself. <laughs> <laughs> Doing prima nocta. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yep. He spent those 53 years systematically having sex with every single actual resident of Monaco. <laughs> Which he could probably pull off. It's a I pretty mean, small place. There's like, what, 60 people there? Like, yeah. You know. Uh. Make everybody related to the prince, fine. Movies of 2011, July 2nd to the 8th. Transformers Dark of the Moon is still number one at the box office because people have no taste. I should say, the attraction that took over for Terminator 3D, 2D, it's got a weird title. It's a Transformers ride. Yeah. No, no, I'm pissed. Uh, Movies, The Ledge with Charlie Hoonan and Terrence Howard and Patrick Wilson. And Liv Tyler. I also got 30 minutes into this and had to turn it off. This is truly one of the worst movies I've seen for this show. The reviews were brutal. As they should be. It is like, so the story is basically that my sweet, sweet Patrick Wilson, who I love usually, and Liv Tyler are a couple that live next door to Charlie Hunnam and his roommate. And they're kind of weird. And so they, Patrick Wilson and Liv Tyler invite them over for dinner and they find out that they're really like fundamentalist Christians. And Charlie Hunnam is like a college freshman atheist type who like really wants you to think about things, man. And Charlie Hunnam and Liv Tyler work in the same hotel and he basically seduces her and then that's when I stopped watching because it was so stupid. But apparently the rest of the story is that Patrick Wilson gets so mad that he wants to force Charlie Hunnam to kill himself or pick someone else to die in his place. Uh-huh. Okay. Their writing right. is just first draft 
all the way. Like <laughs> this is a student film, and even that is like really being rude to student films. Mm. Uh, it's a depressing week for film. <laughs> is a bummer. Yeah. It's a so uh, cold bummer. Yeah, yeah. The writer director oh. apparently is. Oh, he's the great great grandson of Charles Darwin, and he is very much into you know the debate between evolution and creationism and between you know science and religion we're still and... debating that oh, i forget it's 2020 yeah oh, just got lots of has opinions and i guess tried to put him into a movie that maybe didn't pay off huh. Mm. Huh. Whew. And, uh, the next movie i've never heard of the ward with amber heard and i'm not saying that name mamie uh, gummer oh sorry i thought it was pronounced differently don't don't insult meryl streep's children mm-hmm. she has children Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she's got two daughters who look like exactly the same, and they both look like her, and it's very confusing. Did you see Ricky and the Flash? No, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I saw the Al Pacino equivalent, and I can't remember the title. <laughs> you did. God, what was that called? Anyways, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. Oh, but the ward is uh, our boy John Carpenter, but oh my, not not living up to his John Carpentery standards by all yeah. accounts. You know, it's about. Yeah, I mean, it's called The Ward, so it's about uh, a psych ward, and then there's hauntings and strange goings on, and are they real? Are they in her head? And mm. Yeah, just, uh, you know, ev- every review is like, you know, the performances are doing pretty well. Every moment or two, every now and then, there'll be like the little flash of, you know, John Carpenter that's like, feels good, but overall, no, just mm-mm, kind of a bummer. Oh. Speaking of, Jesus, I hate this. Zookeeper is is out. Uh, (laughs) Look at this cast. Maya Rudolph, Faison Love, Cher, Jean Favreau, Judd Apatow, Don Rickles, Nick Nolte, Sylvester Stallone, Adam Sandler, um, uh, Thomas Gottschalk, uh, Joe Rogan, Donnie Wahlberg, Ken Jeong, Leslie Bibb, Rosario Dawson, and of course, everyone's favorite, Kevin James, Zookeeper, ladies and gentlemen. He's an expert on every species. Giraffe, bears, porcupines, except one. Yeah. On July 8th, we need to talk. Ah! Kevin James. You're talking. We'll show you how to get the girl. The best way to attract a female is to be seen with another female. Come on, soar like an eagle. Ah! This guy's untrainable. I really feel like we're wasting our time. Zookeeper. For real, for real, 30, 2010. Why do you, not the listeners? Why would you do this to us? Like the same, same week as Cats and Dogs, a premise that somehow looks a thousand times worse. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how you can make a movie that looks lazy with this much CG, but leave it to Happy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Happy Madison and the fully bankrupted MGM. I yeah. think this is their first movie out of bankruptcy, and it's like mm-hmm. this is this is what you're doing, MGM. Now a Jeff Bezos company. A uh, Jeff Bezos studio. Yeah, share. Share. <laughs> Girl. She probably, she could literally phone this in yes. from her True. wig closet. So, True. Yeah. I, mean, I that's, hope that's what she does. That's kind of the dirty little secret to all these films. You can get an amazing cast on a press release and they basically have to do 30, 40 minutes of work. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Zookeeper. Uh, you get it. Yeah. The animals teach him how to love. It's, it's like. It's Dr. Doolittle. It's Dr. Doolittle again. Yeah. But, uh, all the, but we, all the wacky animals to teach him how to like talk to ladies and fix his life. And there's probably wacky butt sniffing jokes again and poop. Mm, mm, I wish it was dead. <laughs> but, mm. but the next movie is is nowhere near as bad. Uh, no. Jamie Foxx, Kevin Spacey, Colin Farrell, Jennifer Aniston, Jason Sudeikis, Charlie Day, and Jason Bateman in Horrible Bosses. It's 8 a.m. If you want a promotion, you got to earn it. 
That ought to hold you till lunch, right, buddy? Not naked, Dale. Can you see my... Oh, true. <laughs> I want you to fire the fat people. What? They're lazy and they're slow and they make me sad to look at. What are we considering? We're going to kill our bosses. Oh. Shut up. Sit. I own you. Are you not good with peanuts? My boss is dying and you saved his life. That sounds bad when you say it like that. Horrible bosses. Rated R. Motion to forever ban Bad to the Bone by George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers. Please. From ads and movies. That's three because it's in T2 also. Exactly. That's when it came on T2. I was like, this is literally the only time I will allow this song. It's it's so. this to Sam. It's so astonishing that that song at some point emphasized someone who was bad. I mean, <laughs> now every time I hear it, it's only ironically or a cre- creatively bereft. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why in this? We we they didn't even like. It doesn't have a nuanced title. <laughs> we understand the bosses are bad. Oh, yes, yeah. so unnecessary. There's yeah. so many other songs about being bad. Why? And <clears throat> why are you doing this, guys? Like bad. The song bad. Yeah, that's probably pretty expensive. But probably, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that George Thorogood is probably very comfortable. I, I guess. Whatever this, this is, is my least favorite type of music. It is. <laughs> yeah, me too. ZZ Top Types? Yes. The, perfect. Mm. ZZ Top Types. Um, motorcycle Rock. Motorcycle Rock, yeah. Fuck. Oh, it's the opposite of Yacht Rock. Yeah, fucking Sturgeon. <laughs> when I really want that... still for old white guys. <laughs> when I really want to get in the Sturgis mood, I put on some <laughs> George Thorogood. Uh, horrible Bosses. Um... I did kind of like an R-rated comedy of this mm-hmm. nature. It is yeah. not the scary movie type that is going to spray the screen with cum, but mm-hmm. it's just, you know, nice and foul, like we know all Netflix mm-hmm. series to be. And it's like one of the last, like, big com- big comedies, rated R comedies that I can remember. Like, it was a huge success. Went on yeah. to get a sequel that yeah. I remember watching yeah, and saying, like, I don't think I like the first one anymore. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, this is... Is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I got some laughs. I thought the performances overall were good. You know, I, I would rather watch nine to five. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh I mean that's part of the problem is it it's I felt like it lacked a little bit of like the point that nine to five is making, besides just these guys these guys are a-holes and we should get rid of them. But I think and... that's that was the true draw of the movie <clears throat> was the right. actors playing against type and Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Colin Farrell and Kevin Tracy just being complete well, pricks. Yeah, well, Kevin Spacey's playing to type. There I mean, he's done this already, Swimming with Sharks or Glengarry Glen Ross. Like, we've seen him be this kind of a-hole before. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell feels like he's doing a parody of himself, which was a lot of fun. Because yes. he's so coked up all the time. And yeah, Jennifer Aniston is, like, the reason to watch this movie. Truly. How completely unhinged she is. Yeah, I really like it when she plays against type like that. And she's not, like, the, you know, girl-next-door type. But mm-hmm. um, And sexy as hell. And, and, yeah. and showing skin. Oh, yeah. it, it, I I really like her in this movie. And yeah, it's totally fine. It's it, fine. And then that, that particular pairing of Charlie Day as the constantly sexually harassed dental assistant to Jennifer Aniston's yeah. just foul mouth sex pot. Yeah. Uh, was mm-hmm. awesome. That was another thing I, I liked about reading this because like I, right, as of right now, I'm like going through Always Sunny again. And I'm just a huge Charlie Day fan. I, he will always yeah. be the one I wanted cast as Deadpool. Uh, but Ooh, but this is like when I when when you read the Hangover reviews, you just see like all these stodgy movie reviews. Like, who is this Zach Galifianakis kid? He's phenomenal. And it was mm. pleasant to see people talk about Charlie Day because movie reviewers were discovering for for the first time mm-hmm. in this film. He's got a huge part. Yep. And that's, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he does put upon very very well yes. because yeah, and it was it was frustrating how his friends were like, "That sounds great. I wish I were getting sexually harassed by Jennifer Aniston." And it's like, yeah, that the and I'm just like, no movie. And then as you see what she's doing to him, it's like, no, no, this is not just like your boss is coming on to. He's like, she's committing multiple crimes. Like there's felonies in here. Mm-hmm. She is oh, so horrible, and there is just no. She's like a sexual terminator. There's no reasoning. There's no bargaining. <laughs> she's terrifying. And yeah, everybody else is like, yeah, everybody else is fun. I mean, it takes it takes a turn in the middle that I was mm-hmm. not expecting, which was kind of fun. Uh, Jamie Foxx, I actually really liked him mm-hmm. playing. Well, I like the point the movie is making with him as Motherfucker Jones, the guy they try to hire to kill their bosses, and he just acts as a consultant instead. <laughs> And the realization is like, no, he isn't a killer. They just showed up to a bar in a bad black neighborhood <laughs> and they just assumed based on his name. Mm-hmm. But no, he's not. He's not a killer. You guys are idiot white guys who just make assumptions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and his story about why he's called Motherfucker Jones was wonderful. It's probably my biggest laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it, but just not a not a regrettable comedy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Horrible bosses. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Again, sparse yeah. week as we continue to move forward. I I didn't see every episode of the show, but I really liked it. Mm. Um, Rhett and Link, Commercial Kings. And I don't, I think they came from some viral videos, but basically like these two funny duo, but actual filmmaking duo mm-hmm. who make Tim and Eric style commercials for real products. Um, yeah, I really like Rhett and Link. I don't, I haven't actually watched any of their stuff, but I've heard them on other podcasts and I find them to be very charming. They're yeah. best friends. They've been best friends from, since first grade. Great rapport. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do follow them on Facebook and I see their little videos where they like try different food, weird food. I know. That's all, that's all I see them do nowadays. Like, guess which yeah. one's a Big Mac? And it's not, not funny. It's just like, but sure. this is... This was really interesting. I wish this got more of a shot, but it was a one-season showcase, and I believe you can see it free on IMDb TV, Mm. however Mm. you do that. Yeah, now they do something called Good Mythical Morning. They have, like, a a lot of various things going on. Podcasts. Yeah, I think they have their own little digital studio powerhouse Mm -hmm. kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing yeah. that forces yeah. you to make content end over end week, week in and week out. Uh, <laughs> over, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I think we had them. I think we got, they, he got cut for time. Uh, like only a couple weeks ago, uh, Nope Chuck Testa was the internet meme. And that was their ad for a taxidermy place in Ojai Valley. Mm. Of like, oh no, look at this lion. It's live. Nope. Chuck Testa. <laughs> it's just, he's a taxidermist. It's a, look, oh no, it's a, th- nope, Chuck Testa. <laughs> oh, and then, and then moving on to video games. I mean, do we have time for a video game story? Earth sure. Defense Force. Plenty of time. Earth Defense Force Insect Armageddon. This game is a proudly B game. You are a nameless armored soldier, and there are giant spiders and ants overtaking Tokyo. They clip through buildings, they fall stupid, but there are hundreds of them, and you just, there's no, there's no story, there's no dialogue, it's just like, shoot all these fucking bugs, uh, we'll give you some <laughs> weapons, and I just, I loved, like, just the Roger Corman-ness of the whole series, like, just don't front load it with a bunch of backstory, just get in there, do the business, and get out, there's no filler, there's all these, like, number one games on the planet, but I'm yawning through all these cutscenes, <laughs> none of that in Earth Defense Force, and I wrote in my review, like, 
I'll be honest, I've enjoyed this more than any other game of the year. Like it it seems and I think like an Uncharted game was at like we gave Uncharted a ten, but like if you're like me, this is a ten out of ten in my heart. And then hmm. I don't know how it happened, but then like all of a sudden these digital ads start popping up and it says Games Radar says ten out of ten. And like and then the whole office, in including your husband, is like no, we didn't. That is that is not journalistically responsible. And then like people were like coming to them, I'm so sorry that happened. You want we will call them and have them like I don't give a shit. Let them let them say ten out of ten. I want people to buy this game. It's fucking great. And this this has an online mode. And then PlayStation Move Ape Escape, which I didn't even know existed. I just love Ape Escape and King of Fighters I. That's an iOS version of SNK's famous fighter. And that almost wraps up the show. Stay tuned for the we got a quiz for you about uh, who was born during this period. But I do got to thank Austin Cook and many our many other fine patrons at uh, patreon.com slash laser time. Bunch of extra content coming to you this week. Thanks to the Video Game Apocalypse Boys, which you can also listen to every single Friday. Uh, this is going to be a real fun fun one this week. Di, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast. That's 302010podcast. And teasing next week, because this week was pretty light, except for T2, next week is... Just back the truck up and dump everything needs talking about, like, extensively. I'm not even going to tease them. I'm just going to start listing them. Boys in the Hood, Regarding Henry, Point Break, Legally Blonde, Sexy Beast, Shaolin Soccer, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. And let's not forget Final Fantasy and the Spirits Within. <laughs> Final Fantasy and the Spirits Within. The deeply Ugh. underrated Winnie the Pooh from 2011. It, that, yeah. is, that is one of my favorite trailers on the entire internet. Go watch the Winnie the Pooh trailer. It'll melt your fucking heart. Like I said, I was like double checking and triple checking dates. Like one of these has to be this week so we can talk about. It. No, no, sorry. We're going to take 18 hours talking about Shaolin Soccer and also Legally Blonde. Mm. And also Point Break and also Boys in the Hood. Fuck! Right. I'm so excited. I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen Shaolin Soccer or anything but like standard <gasps> definition. No, no, in standard oh. definition. Oh, it's standard definition. Mm-hmm. Dude, I rewatched it with my parents who had never seen it before and they loved it. Oh, right. Ooh. My dad loves soccer. I should loved take it. I should make him watch it with me. But yeah, man, that that about almost wraps up the show. Die who died during this period. Oh, let's see. In 2011, we lost uh three oldsters. Lived big happy lives though. Uh uh, painter Cy Twombly was 83. Roberts Blossom was 87. You don't know the name, but you know the face. He was a poet, but he is also in a ton of movies. Probably remember him as the old guy with the shovel from Home Alone. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. What? Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but he's in all kinds of stuff. Like he's in Escape from Alcatraz and he's in Quick and the Dead and he's in, yeah, he's all of this. And former first lady and recovery specialist Betty Ford was 93 years old. Help really helped destigmatize uh, addiction treatment. Yeah, saved a lot of lives, T- countless yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. But alas, could not save her own. But <laughs> heads At up, thirty three, ninety three. Yeah, no, it was horrible. Heroin overdose. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's how I'm planning on going yeah. out at ninety three. Died at eighty seven of the speedball. Whatever John Belushi did. <laughs> that's the time to do it when you really need it. <laughs> You know, I actually had to tell a kid that the other day, like, Jesus Christ, like, save it, man, while your dick still works. What are you doing messing around with this hard shit? With that out of the way, we got to find out who who lived or who was born with a birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. We got birthday buddies again. This will be the last ones for a while, but I, I can't resist when we have people born the exact same day, the exact same year. And these two are 
quite different individuals. Hell yeah. Ooh. Born July 6, 1946 in New Haven, Connecticut, while his dad was still a student at Yale and grandpa was a senator. Ugh. He married his wife after knowing her for three whole months. They're still together. The guy from 1946. Okay. Turning 75. Uh, he got a DUI. He was in the Texas Air National Guard unit that included members of the Dallas Cowboys. George W. Bush. It is George W. What? Bush. What? You know, he only occasionally showed up to defend oh. the skies of Texas against the Viet Cong. He was the 43rd person in the United States, squandered a federal budget surplus of $237 billion, doubled unemployment, and he is an unindicted war criminal, having killed about 300,000 people. <laughs> uh. Now... So I want to get that one out of the way so we can find out, okay, who was born the same fucking day as George W. Bush? Danny Trejo. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> wow. That would be, I would have to doff my cap. Yeah, that would be a real fun day yeah. on Jimmy Kimmel Live. No doffing yeah. yet, though. <laughs> no. But, yeah, so this child of privilege, to contrast it, is someone whose background is also uh, insane but in a different way. Oh! So, also born July 6, 1946, in Hell's Kitchen, New York City to a hairdresser and his wife who is a wrestling promoter and former trapeze artist who opened a women's only gym in the 50s called Barbellas. Ah! Is it Vince McMahon? No, that's a decent guess, though. I should say, I couldn't see if he endorsed him in 2000, but in 2004, he did endorse his birthday buddy for president. Well, he comes from wrestling, um, so he's definitely Republican. He bounced around colleges. He went to Miami-Dade College, the American College of Switzerland for two years, and then he nervous in Miami, and then he moved to New York to try to act. Don't have enough. All right. He worked any job he could find. He was a custodian at the zoo. He was a movie theater usher. He was in an erotic off-Broadway play. Uh, a soft core film and was homeless some of that time. Sylvester Stallone. It is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Party, a kitty, and studs. It's the one they renamed to the Italian Stallion, like after Correct. Rocky. Yeah. It's terrible. But I didn't, looking up all the stuff he worked as an extra for. Okay. He was an extra in last week's classic corner, Clute. I did not know that. He was also uh, What's Up Doc, Bananas, and in Prisoner of Second Avenue, he is attacked by Jack Lemon, who thinks he's a mugger. He's also the yeah, voice of King Shark in Suicide Squad, which I just deeply love. In movies of his we have talked about, he's in Zookeeper as Joe the Lion this week. <laughs> and the movie that I want to talk about, did you know he, he'd been banging out screenplays for a long time before he got Rocky made, and then it became a big mm-hmm. hit, and there's this way bigger budget, very Rocky movie that is all about wrestling. Paradise Alley. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like I just, it's pretty good. I never hear anybody talk about it. It's, it's like, yeah. Imagine Rocky for wrestling with Sylvester Stallone. He's also in movies we've talked about: Ellen Smithy film, Burn Hollywood Burn, Ants, Lock Up, Copland, Daylight, Driven, Expendables, Get Carter remake, Oscar, Tango and Cash Cobra, Over the Top, Rocky three and four. Or sorry, Rambo three and four, and Rocky five and six. <laughs> wow! Wow! We wow! Yeah, George W. Bush and Sylvester Stallone are the exact same age. Okay. Does it make you happy to, to know that uh, we might only have to talk about one more Rocky movie then, of the nature of the show? Mm-hmm. Just one more. No, no, two more, I guess, if you include the Creeds. Yeah, that's true. But the Creeds are both real good. Yeah. yeah I'm not mad about that. I love the Rocky movies. There's not a bad Rocky movie, in my opinion. Um, mm. There is not. I don't care what it is. Five is fun. Um, that's true. They, they're different kinds of fun. I'll give you that one. All right. They're different kinds of fun. Like Rocky Four is ridiculous fun. Mm. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for your patience last week for the late episode. Thanks once again to our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. If you don't want to drop us $5 or even a dollar, like, uh, you know, maybe give us a shout out to one of your friends on your, on your social meds or rate us on one of your podcatchers. How about that? Deal? Deal. We promise 
to not talk about any talking animal movies for another two months. I cannot guarantee nope. that. But you know what else we're going to talk about next week? Because what? 2001's not full enough. Huh. A little show about a paper company in Slough. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I can't imagine going back to that I just now. won't sleep between now and then. Ugh. I got a lot of homework. Uh, mm-hmm. watch- a lot of rewatching. You're going to watch like both seasons of The Office in like three hours. <laughs> the original. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's taking us out this week? I'll tell you what. Into the Great Wide Open. Great song by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Got a real big soft spot for Tom Petty. It's one of my dad's favorite musicians. Uh, went to college in the same town as they were practicing in when they were getting started. So lots of Tom Petty in my dad's house. All right. Well, let's take us out with that. We will see you guys next week. Into the-